Thank you, Kelly Robinson, very much, and good morning, everybody. A great morning to you. I hope you've had a good week, and I hope we'll have a good program today. The biggest part of that good program is if you call. Call right now, won't you, please? Let's pick up that pace and give us uh, several phone lines, and I'd love to now. That's uh, all it takes. I just realized the one element of my program I have not taken care of is to get the phone numbers up where I can read right from the uh, right from the sheet i have four programs that i do and each has its own um hey i found it each has its own special phone number makes sense doesn't it and the number for this one is 888-256-1080 the texas lawn and garden hour 888-256-1080 call right now please let's fill up those phone lines mr talk show guy here I'll move my microphone a little bit. You heard some rumbles there. That's what that was. Uh, Mr. Talk Show Guy would feel a great deal of relief if you'd uh, if you'd call right now. Broadcast from Amarillo to Alpine to we're going to go around the horn on this one to uh, uh, Victoria Corpus Christi and coming on around to College Station Bryan and up through Crockett and uh, Madisonville and up around the Red River and uh, then back through in a spiral through. Uh, uh, the big country, and several stations there. Just a lot of stations. About 30 stations carry the program, and I'd love to hear from you right now. Call now, won't you please? Let's talk about gardening. Let's talk about what worked in your landscape and garden this summer, what didn't work, where you need uh, some problems solved, where you need some questions answered for next year. What are you going to plant next year? What worked really well? What's your favorite shrub and why? What is your least favorite shrub and why? And, and where are you, therefore? Because what is great in one part of the state really is sorry dog in another. I am not a fan in my landscape in the Blackland Prairie around Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm not a fan of Laura Petalum, the fringe flower. It just doesn't do well. Neither do wax myrtles. But in East Texas, they do quite well, and they're beautiful. I see those, and I say, I'd like to try those. No, I don't. don't want to. And uh, I have a, a list of plants that I, I put in front of myself. I do a program locally in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and, and it's called my Never Again Neil list. And I, I share that with people who are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. I wouldn't plant these, and those two are on it uh, because they just don't do well in, in that specific area. I've always said that gardening is a little like uh, the old-fashioned cab driving. The farther you get away from where you are, where you live, the less you know about what you're talking about, <laughs> the less you can get around. And so I learned that the hard way because I grew up in College Station, Texas. You know that. I don't have to put the Texas on it anymore, College Station. And uh, transferred as a junior from A&M before it became big and famous. I transferred to Ohio State because the horticulture department there was much, much bigger and stronger at that time. And, oh my goodness, that was culture shock to see all of the plants that grow in Ohio that don't grow in Texas. And to leave all my Texas plants behind, I had already taken my plant materials courses at A&M and uh, they gave me full credit for those, got an A in those. Well, I didn't know. 10% of the plants in Ohio. I didn't know the maples, one from the next. I didn't know uh, the pot the uh, taxus. Uh, po I keep saying podocarpus. I knew podocarpus from Texas, but not taxus from Ohio. And uh, so 
you know, that, that was the challenge of it all. So the farther you get away from home, the less you know. So if you are new to an area, ask plenty of questions of veteran gardeners, and the best veteran gardeners you can find are the Texas Certified and Master Certified Nursery Professionals. We'll talk about them in a few minutes. But uh, anyway, that's where I can help you maybe if, uh, if you're thinking about planting some things in your landscape and garden this fall. It's still a great time to plant or next spring. Um, if you're having lawn problems, we can address those. But you're going to have to pick up the phone and give me a call. The number is 888-256-1080. I have done this particular program for 35 years. I've been doing commercial radio for 43 years. And is that right? 45 years. 45 years. And I've done uh, all kinds of radio. I worked for the Extension Service for uh, seven years uh, before I began commercial radio. And, and so I uh, started in 1970, so you can do the math on that. 53 years, and I'm in my 54th year of communicating via radio. And I have learned in all of that time that uh, the best thing you can do is tell somebody you don't know and find out the answer for them if, if that's the case. But uh, all of that time has been serving the gardeners of Texas. And when it says most tenured uh, talk show host in gardening, that's kind of why that is said. Um, so I'd be glad to tackle your questions. I'd love to do that. I love my home state and I love talking gardening. I've had the blessing of talking about my hobby and my vocation, two degrees in horticulture, I was going to be a great grower in greenhouse crops. And never, I have a 30 by 60 foot greenhouse, but it's just for hobby. And I never had a commercial greenhouse in my life. But I've, I love this career that I have. So uh, we'll get our program underway in just a moment. We have a call from Elkhart, and uh, we'll have a call from you. I'm confident of that. 888 256-1080. Jared will answer the call, get you screened, get you ready to go on the air with me. And it's going to be kind of nice to get past the high school football uh, replays. That's what has happened to a lot of our stations in the fall. I've, I've been doing this program. That's how I started to mention that a moment ago for all those years. And I've learned that in the fall, you still have the listeners. You don't get as many calls. And it doesn't bother me anymore. It used to scare me to death. Gosh, maybe all the people have left. They don't live here anymore. Well, I know they do. I know you do. So anyway, let me uh, get our first break out of the way, and I'll do so by telling you about uh, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. That is my book, and I put it on sale for the holidays for Christmas gift-giving. And the good news is I'm going to leave that sale up for a little while longer, obviously. Now, it is a great price of only $34.95, and that's for a hardback book with 840 photographs in it and a lot of text, 344 pages. I think it might be the only gardening book that you will ever need to have in your uh, library. That was my goal. I don't want to be so arrogant as to say that's the case because you may have specialties that you really enjoy, but uh, this one is, is a great uh, general purpose gardening reference. It covers all aspects of outdoor gardening, from lawns and landscapes to fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Eleven chapters. Chapter two, I want to point out specifically because that is something I've never had in a book before. This is my fifth book to do and my first book that I have self-published. Uh, chapter two is a calendar. It's a 48-page calendar of words that tell you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're trying to grow. 
four pages per month of what needs to be cared for in that month. I sign every copy of the book as it sells, and uh, I guarantee your satisfaction with the book or I'll refund every penny. 83,000 copies sold to date and not one request for a refund. The reason I can sign every book is because the book is not in stores and it's not on Amazon. The big supply is in my garage right now, uh, humidity controlled, I might add. That's where I do all my signing. I'll sign it and get it in the mail to you right away. Uh, it's $34.95, satisfaction guaranteed. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. And the ways you can order, there are two. One of them is to call my office Monday through Friday business hours, 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. 800-752-4769. But the better way is to order it right now from neilsperry.com, my website, N E I L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I mentioned to you a moment ago the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. If you're looking for reliable answers when you go garden shopping, I hope you'll look where you see the name badges, shop where you see the name badges and the emblems of Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals. These are men and women who have studied long and hard hours. They have passed a comprehensive exam that proves that they know what they're talking about. They have co it covers all aspects of gardening, of horticulture. Now, they're at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I have been watching this uh, program expand and develop over a 40-year uh, uh, period, and it's just amazing to watch it. They are really happy with the progress of it. You'll find these uh, men and women in member nurseries all over Texas of the uh, Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. It is a really strong association, and it is uh, formed with the intent of strengthening the, uh, and supporting the nursery industry, the retail, independent retail nursery industry here in the Lone Star State. So once again, let me tell you, look for the name badges, look for the emblems of Texas Certified and Texas Master Certified Nursery Professionals only at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. Uh, more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. Our call from Elkhart uh, dropped off uh, some kind of question about uh, plumbago. That's a good question. I haven't had a question on plumbago in... Uh, shall we say, forever. So I hope uh, they will call back. I think their call dropped. Let's go to uh, Sharon. Uh, let me give you the number again because I'd like to get some more calls. There's a security in numbers, don't you know? 888-256-1080. The Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Uh, the uh, person from Elkhart would have been first up. 888-256-1080. Instead, we go to Sharon in Fredericksburg. Sharon, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. My question is, should bulbs be watered during the uh, winter months? Do you have to wait until the, the green, or should you wait until the green, till the tops are no longer green, or should they be bulb watered throughout the, the year? Okay, and what kind of plants are we talking about? Well, specifically uh, lilies. Lilies? Uh, and these are true lilies. 
Well, they're from my uh, okay, If you can turn your radio off, mother. it'll help a lot. It's coming back in my head. Yes, I will. If you can turn your radio off. I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you. That's okay. No problem. No, that's good. Um, if you're talking about true lilies, uh, you would... Hmm? I'd say maybe daylilies. If you're talking about daylilies, okay, daylilies, that's a different animal altogether. Those are really not, those are roots, not uh, bulbs. Um, I would well, water daylilies. Excuse me, they are, excuse me, a, excuse me, excuse me, they are bulbs. When we planted them, they are bulbs. So uh, is it a tiger lily or it, the flower, you know, has, it's not solid. It's got uh, lines in it. All right. How Maybe long do the flowers were, last? Oh, not long. They'll long bloom they, and then they'll die off. In one day? A little bit longer. I'd say several days. Okay. Um, in Fredericksburg, I don't think you will hurt them by... I, I don't know what your flower is. I, I raise daylilies and have several hundred... have had as many as several hundred varieties. Um, I would I would say in Fredericksburg because of the uh, where you are in the in the state and knowing Fredericksburg quite well, I would not be at all concerned about watering uh, any of the perennials uh, during the winter. Uh, I wouldn't do it to excess. If you water them every week or two, you would be fine. If you water them every day or two, that would not be good. Uh, so no, it's yes, every I week. Water, I would at the most at the most every week. Okay. Well, that's that's good. If you if you water them deeply and let them go uh, a week or two between waterings, you will be fine. I want to put this out very specifically because I feel like I'm having to uh, answer um, something a little bit vague and something that is very specified, and yes. I want to make sure I get my point out, and that is that perennials yes, do need water in the wintertime, but uh, they need to be watered deeply and then left alone. Uh, uh, until they need to be watered again. We don't want to let them get bone dry because that, that will hurt. Their roots are active in the winter. All, all perennials have some activity in the winter. Okay, so just deep watering. When you do water, just a deep watering. Right, and that's usually, okay. that's usually true for all plants, Sharon. The only exception I would say to that comment that would apply to almost every plant you grow except for brand new plantings where the roots are very shallow, like brand new uh, seeded grass, newly seeded grass, or brand new vegetables that you've just set out. You don't need to water them deeply because they don't have roots down there. But once a plant is growing actively and established, that same uh, watering regime would apply to all plants. But yes, what plants are, are active in the wintertime. Okay, Neil, uh, changing the subject. What about asparagus? And they are 25-year-old roots. Same thing would apply. All plants. Okay. Just they deep, need to be watered when deeply. Watered. Yeah. The problem in winter in Fredericksburg, Sharon, is going to be that I don't know what your weather is going to be the third week of January. You, you and most of Texas could be at uh, 28 degrees or you could be at 58 degrees and yeah, that's right. craziness about our state and you, it could be windy or sunny or who knows our state is, is yes. goofy i'm a native texan that's i allow myself to say that if somebody from from uh, new jersey comes here or chicago and says that i get offended 
but you know we allow ourselves to say that it's a goofy place. I'm native Fredericksburg. I'm native Fredericksburg, so I know <laughs> I know the weather here. If you are native Fredericksburg, have you seen a few changes over your lifetime to your little town? <laughs> Isn't it? Oh changed? gosh! Oh, oh gosh! Yes. It's not the same. It's, it's not the same now. at all. Yes, no, the wine no, industry has really changed it. Not at all. Yeah. It's, it's my dad it's crazy. Uh, used to uh, bring me with him on his trips to West Texas when he was doing poison plant research for Texas A and M, and we would uh -huh. stop at the Nimitz Hotel and eat yeah. lunch. And Fredericksburg was just a little tiny town then, and and uh, Kerrville was the big city and. And there was no tourist trade to Fredericksburg yet. And oh my goodness, how it's how it's boomed. So, well, I enjoyed we, the visit we, very much. And I hope I helped you. Yeah. You did. We natives do not so. do Main Street. We do side streets. We do not do Main Street. Oh, it's crazy. I'll, I'll crazy. bet you're right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll bet you're well, right. Come see well, us. have a have I a good weekend. Fun. Thanks for the call. And you do the same. The and happy oh. Thanksgiving to you, All Neil. Right. Thanks to you and your same family. To Thank you. you, Neil. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, that opens the line, and our lady from Elkhart has not called back. Um, I think the call on Plum Bago referred to something about uh, leaving it outside, and if it is Cape Plumbago, uh, the, uh, the the taller of the two, there's a little trailing Plumbago that almost nobody's ever asked about. Uh, that one's a little more winter hardy, but the Cape Plumbago is not going to make it outside in the pot uh, in Elkhart or anywhere north of Elkhart. We probably wouldn't in along the coast even in a pot. I wouldn't want to take that chance. Depends on the winter, like we say. I don't know what the third week of January holds for any of us. Uh, give me a call, won't you please? It's 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We have uh, a line available with your, uh, well, it doesn't have your name on it yet until you claim it. you got to stake it and claim it. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now, please. I want to tell you about Fertilome right now. This is done with a great deal of uh, excitement and, and pride. Uh, this is about their uh, winterizer fertilizer. And let's talk about what you would use winterizer fertilizer on right now. If you're in the southern part of the state, you could use it on your turf grass. Uh, that would be any kind of lawn grass. Anywhere in the state, you could use it. If you're in, in northwest Texas, you'd use it on fescue or anywhere you have fescue. If you have uh, uh, ryegrass, either for temporary cover of a, of a brand new lawn or for overseeded ryegrass, you would use Fertilone Winterizer to get it going actively through the winter and into the spring. Lawns that are fer fertilized with Fertilone Winterizer take off the fastest in the spring and they look so great. You could use Fertilone Winterizer Fertilizer with its 10-0-14 analysis. You could use that to get your bedding plants, your winter color plants, established and growing well. Yes, all nitrogen, uh, no phosphorus. That's a good thing to get those bedding plants, pansies and other bedding plants, established and growing well. They bloom on new growth. You need that new growth, and odds are quite good that you have all the phosphorus you need anyway. And this is what soil tests from Texas A&M and other testing laboratories have shown to be the uh, the best uh, blend to be using on our Texas soils in almost all cases. 
It's uh, a product made in Texas for Texas conditions, and uh, the Fertilome Company is a Texas-based company, and this goes right back to what I was talking about, buying from independent retail garden centers. That's where you will find Fertilome products. They are sold at independent retail nurseries and garden centers, independent feed stores, independent hardware stores, where the owner is probably right there on the premises. That's Fertilome Products. Fertilome Winterizer Lawn and Garden Fertilizer. Ask for it by name. We'll have more after these messages. Thank you, Kelly, very much. I'm going to reinforce the phone number. Never hurts to do that. 888-256-1080. Do you know what the best-selling annual flower, we're talking about bedding plants that you go into the nursery to buy, you know what the best-selling bedding plant in the state of Texas is for the whole year, the whole 12 months? You think about oh, periwinkles, you think about uh, zinnias and marigolds, and you think about, uh, oh, just I'll pick random ones, pentas and angelonias and things that are all so popular in the summertime, moss rose, all those. Pansies. Pansies. And the reason for that is those beds that have all those other things in the summer are empty in the winter, and there aren't very many things from which we can choose in the winter. There aren't many plants that will hold up to the cold in the Texas winter and uh, keep on blooming all through the winter and into the spring. Pansies and their relatives, violas, and uh, uh, those are the, the little uh, smaller flowering pansies, those will. They can handle temperatures way down into single digits and come out the other side doing quite well, and especially if you cover them with frost cloth. Uh, so that's, uh, that's an interesting phenomenon. Uh, second hardiest of the flowers that we have would be pinks, garden pinks, P-I-N-K-S. Uh, not named because they're pink, although most of them are in some form or another, um, but because their petals look like they've been cut with pinking shears. So that's the number two. And then I would be hard-pressed to tell you what number three is, but I would rather guess it's probably ornamental cabbage and ornamental kale. And they're not for flowers and at all. They're for their ornamental leaves. But those are, uh, those are your stalwarts of the wintertime for planting. If you're going to be planting pansies, uh, since that makes up the bulk of the, of the planting, let me give you a couple of tips that will uh, help you succeed with pansies and, and have a, a real success. When, when I was starting my, my retail nursery in College Station when I was, well, I must have been 13, I guess, at that point because I was still riding my bicycle. I got an early driver's license, and so I might have been 12. I think I, I don't remember when I got my driver's license, maybe 14 or 15, but uh, it, was a, it was a different era back then, wasn't it? Um, but anyway, I... I I would meet the bus from Lindale, Texas. Pansies came in packed in, in uh, boxes. They, they were dug in the morning and shipped, or maybe dug the night before and shipped, and I would pick them up in cardboard boxes and rolled up in bundles of uh, wet newspaper, and there'd be 50 in a bundle. And I would get my customers' pansies. I'd take that box on the back of my bicycle, and I'd pedal all over Bryan College Station and plant pansies. All that would be Saturday. And I did, oh, I think I probably had eight or ten customers. And I'd, I'd work up their beds and plant the pansies. And it was uh, Steel's Giants, S-T-E-E-L, 
E apostrophe S. And um, those were, now those beds turned out beautifully. Things that I learned then, and I still uh, encourage you to, to uh, practice, raised beds are always a good idea, especially in Bryan College Station where they can get some pretty heavy rains and those soils can be, and by the way, steels giants haven't been in the market for 50 years. There are much better varieties now. Um, but you want to plant them in raised beds to ensure drainage. My, my rule of thumb is you can always add water. You can never subtract water easily out of a bed. So just keep that in mind. If, if you have a bed that's raised and you get into a drought, you can water it easily. But if you get into a wet spell and you have a flat bed, you can't get that water out. Um, you want to buy healthy, vigorous, four-inch potted transplants. You know, the day of getting them wrapped up in newspaper, dug off the hillsides in Lindale and shipped via bus, those are kind of gone now. And uh, you wouldn't believe the plugs that are shipped to the growers from, I don't know where they come from. They come from uh, Denver uh, and, and other places a long ways away. And, and they're just tiny when the greenhouse growers get them and, and bring them along really quickly. But anyway, get four-inch pots and uh, and and then uh, plant them uh, so that you'll get a nice solid display. You, you can get uh, all kinds of pansies from large flowering to small, the violas. You'll get a bigger display, a better display in your garden if you do two things. If you stick with pansies that have solid colors instead of the, the faces, you'll see all color that way. You get a better display if you stay with one color or maybe a blend of similar colors um, as opposed to a mixed bed. You just don't see them very well. Uh, if they're uh, light, greater distance. Uh, and uh, so those are all things to keep in mind. If you want to have large flowering pansies with the faces, I'd suggest you plant those in large pots and put them right by your front door and you can enjoy them when you come in the house. You won't get nearly as many flowers on the large flowering types, but you can press them if you want to use them in dried flower arrangements. Uh, you can enjoy them as, as cut flowers in little shallow bowls, whatever, but that's a better way to enjoy them is viewed close up and uh, feed them with a water-soluble nitrogen fertilizer. A lot of nitrogen to get them started. And uh, always water them before cold weather. Have frost cloth available if you're in a part of the state where it goes below about 26 or 7. And you can really keep them from being hurt by the cold. So those are some thoughts on pansies. And they can, they can give you beautiful color all the way into April. They're amazing plants. So that's a, that's a starting point. Let me... Uh, give you a little information. Let me give you the phone number again. If you'd like to call, we'd love to hear from you. It's 888-256-1080. Jared Taylor is running the boards and uh, answering your calls. His would be the first voice you'd hear, and then you get to visit with me. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Call right now. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening would make the perfect gift for somebody on your list, whether it's a housewarming gift, a birthday gift, or this time of year, a Christmas present. It's only $34.95, and that is the cost of uh, uh, maybe a flat of 
a couple of flats of uh, annual color that aren't adapted at, at this time. But who knows? Whatever it is, it's a, it's a bargain price. You're not going to find in bookstores, you're not going to, first of all, you won't find this book in a bookstore. It's not sold there. It's not sold in, uh, in retail stores at all. Um, but you won't find a book with this much color, uh, 840 of my uh, best photographs, and a lot of text, 344 pages of text, more than 25 multi-page charts. You won't find a book with that much information for $34.95 at retail. The way I can do that is by self-publishing the book and selling it directly to you myself. Uh, I'm the one who takes them out of the boxes and, and signs them to you, for you, and, and uh, then ships them to you directly from my garage when they're signed directly to the U.S. Postal Service and to your mailbox. Simple as that. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you need to know to get started. Chapter 2 is the 48-page calendar telling you four pages per month when you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and protect all of the plants that you're growing. You never will have to ask again, Neil, when should I do this or that? Chapters 3 through 11 are comprehensive chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. That's all in the book. It really has a lot of information written for every county in the Lone Star State. Satisfaction guaranteed or a full refund. I sign every copy as it sells. I've signed 83,000 copies, and I've not been asked to refund on any one of them. Now, the two ways you can buy the book, since it's not in stores and not on Amazon, you buy it from my office by calling my office Monday through Friday business hours, and yes, we'll be open Monday, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order it right now from neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. This is so much better than the old cowboy boot book. And uh, this is called Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. We go to College Station, my old hometown, and Chris. Chris, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. Yeah, my question is, I planted a couple uh, Schumard oaks in my backyard about a month ago, and I'm curious, it, it's the primary of St. Augustine Yard. Uh, we, we do a regular fertilizing and weed uh, pre- and post-emergent treatments. I'm just curious to know if that's going to affect those trees, and if so, what I should be doing to protect the trees. All right. Uh, the uh, fertilizer won't hurt them at all. The, uh, the weed killer could. Uh, are you doing that yourself, or are you having somebody do it for you? Uh, somebody does it for us. All right. I think I would uh, I, I would talk to the person doing it or to management and just make sure that they're not using anything that will impact the trees. Uh, atrazine is something that uh, uh, is of great concern to me um, that does get used around trees sometimes, and it can do a lot of damage to trees. It is used on St. Augustine turf. That would be one concern I would have. Stay outside the drip line, which is not going to be a problem now, but it might be in five years. So um, I'd, I'd be cautious of that. Uh, I'd also challenge them a little bit, and, and I'm not saying this uh, to, to uh, criticize them. I, I would 
challenge them, make them tell you what they're trying to, to control with a weed killer pre and post emergent. Because St. Augustine in Brazos County, I grew up in, in College Station, like I said, um, is usually dense enough that there shouldn't be too many weeds coming up in it. And you might not need that part of it. Maybe just have them do the fertilizer unless they have a, a known weed problem that they're trying to uh, eliminate for you. Dallas grass was a problem when I was growing up and we had to deal with it uh, individually. But uh, there weren't a lot of other weeds. You'd occasionally get uh, some of the winter weeds, burr clover and things like that. But that's, that's the one thing I would do is make them defend that uh, when, when they're using it around trees. Okay, we've had I some brown... You're going to have any problem. The fertilizer won't be a problem. Okay, we've had some brown patch problems the last couple of years, and I think some weeds of different kinds have, have moved in a little bit and challenged the St. Augustine. And so there's been a little more weeds the last couple of years than there had been before. That makes sense. And, and that's what I needed to hear. And that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, and that would probably, therefore, be a pre-emergent. Um, the the post-emergent um, may not be necessary. I don't know. Uh, well, no, it may be necessary. It might be might be a burr clover. It might be uh, dandelions, things of that sort. But I'd have them explain those to you. But I think that can they can coexist. You can they can deal with it. And this happens in every lawn that they care for, so they'll know what they're doing. I, I don't think this is going to be any kind of a long term problem. As to the fertilizer, um, uh, the the trees will not get that much of it. The grass will soak it up faster. And the trees need it too, so it's it's not going to be a problem at all. Do you have any You're specific like recommendations for, you worry for how about to take it. care of the Schumard oaks? Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I would have forgotten. You need to wrap the trunks with a paper tree wrap for the first couple of years to prevent sun scald. That, as I always tell people when they get new Schumard red oaks and red maples and Chinese pistachios, that is non-negotiable. These trees have thin bark. And that bark will sun scald badly. It doesn't show up for the first uh, couple of years. You say, oh, well, that's nothing. It didn't happen to mine. And then by about the third or fourth year, about half of the time, uh, vertical cracks will develop in the, in the trunks on the west or southwest sides of the trees. And great damage and even death can ensue. So, yes, that's the one thing you do want to do is, is wrap the trunks from the bottom of the, of the trunk up to the bottom branches. And then leave that wrap in place until the uh, until the canopy is sufficient to shade the trunk. Thank you so much, Neil. You are very welcome. Appreciate your call. Have a great day. All right, let's get our last break out of the way. I'm I'm so glad he brought that up because I always try to mention that and I would not have. Neil Spray's E Gardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer directly to your email and it happens thursdays about two or three minutes after 6 p.m we use constant contact and i guess it's probably their way of getting around the junk mail um, uh, intercept you know if, if a whole bunch of things are are recognized as going out of one email it's uh, sometimes perceived by email programs as being junk mail and uh but we rarely get comments from people not getting e-gardens because it's being thrown into junk mail. They're, they're, uh, it, people get it and they open it and it's recognized as being something they want. Uh, there are five aspects of e-gardens every week. One of them is a featured plant of the week. One of them is gardening this weekend where I give you the 
tips on what needs to be done that weekend, the next two or three days uh, that are that timely. And then one of them is your questions, my answers. I answer your gardening questions. That's always an important part of it, and I enjoy doing that very much. So those are the stories that you'll find in eGardens, plus a couple of other stories. And we have uh, three other uh, writers who supply one or two stories per month uh, to eGardens as well to give some uh, uh, feeling from other parts of the state. So that's fun. Neil Spray's eGardens, as I mentioned, it is free, has been for almost 20 years now. We're just a few weeks away from celebrating our 20th birthday, and uh, it always will be free. So I hope you'll take a look at it. You can always unsubscribe if you decide you don't want it. It doesn't happen very often. We have about 80,000 subscribers. Take a look at it at neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book, except in this case, you click on the eGardens tab, and there will be a sample, and that's where you sign up as well. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Let me tell you about the certification program of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. This is the men and women who have banded together decades ago to ensure that Texas gardeners have the best plants, the best products, and the best service that any industry can possibly provide. They led the way on this. There are lots of certification programs around the country now, but the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association joined arm in arm to do this. These people are not competitors with one another. They are friends joining together within their industry to make their industry better, and they have really done that. Now, this is, uh, this is where you'll find them. They'll be at member nurseries of the Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. These, for the most part, are independent retail garden centers, independent retail nurseries and feed stores, places like that where you're talking to the owner or the manager when you go in. This is not the national chain stores. These are the local stores. And you get localized help, people who understand the the uh, importance of localized help, people who understand what plants do well and when they don't do well, what's going wrong with them. So for the finest in nursery advice, always shop where you see Texas certified and Texas master certified nursery professionals at member nurseries of the great Texas Nursery and Landscape Association. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Yeah, we're on just a little after 11, about 11.06 every Saturday, and we go off to about 11.50, about 11.53. And uh, that means we have about a minute left, so I'm not going to try to uh, seed the clouds and get any, uh, any calls at this point. I will tell you that uh, there is a lot of brown patch out in St. Augustine right now. I'm getting uh, letters sent to eGardens. I'm seeing it myself. You may be experiencing it yourself. Uh, brown patch is now being called large patch by the, the turf authorities, the turf experts, and the pathology experts. Go figure. It doesn't make large patches, but I guess they kind of meld together. If you pull on the blades of the St. Augustine where they're turning yellow, uh, they'll come loose easily from the runners, and when that happens, that's uh, that's where they're rotted. Azoxystrobin uh, is the fungicide. Your uh, master certified nursery professional can help you. I'm out of time. Happy gardening.
Oh, not just yet. That's what you said in my ear. I like that. Okay. Well, we'll splice that out when we actually air this. Oh, this is live, isn't it? Yeah, I knew that better than that. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my clock, and it does say it just went to 53. I got another half minute. That's good. I'll, I'll finish the answer out then, and you'll hear some music kicking in here, and that's, that's why I didn't hear the music, too. The azoxystrobin is sold uh, in uh, in in uh, most retail stores. If you ask for something, it will control brown patch or patch diseases and get it out. It is not a fatal disease to St. Augustine, but it does weaken it, as that caller indicated, and it does merit controlling it. So uh, get it out. Don't water at night. That's it. Now I am out of time. Thanks for listening. Happy gardening.